Broadcasting from the beautiful Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com. Well, we like to delay gratification here at One Radio Network, so <laughs> you wait for Dr. Jennifer Daniels. We just had to get a little ducks in a row here. It's a Monday morning. happens on Monday morning. As Karen Carpenter once said, that rainy days and Mondays get me down. It's bright sunny, and so we're still, we're still floating good. Go figure. You know this, don't you think? Isn't that interesting? The last three days, not one story about COVID. The masking restrictions are off. The CD says it's all good, and all it takes is a little war. I mean, isn't the, aren't these guys clever? Don't you just love these people? Just have a little war, and we'll just we'll move on to the next fear thing. This is OneRadioNetwork.com. My name is Patrick Timpone. And uh, if you'd like to join the show, our 800 line is working. So you can call, talk to Dr. Jennifer Daniels. She's a good friend. And, well, we've never met, but she's done. I don't know. We've had so many shows with her. She's in the great state of Panama or the country, whatever it is. Former MD. She's still an MD, but she doesn't practice any longer. Now she does yoga things and stretches and stands on her head and, you know, jumps up and down and, you know, things like that. So we, uh, we visit with her on the uh, fourth Monday of the month. Tomorrow, Dr. T- uh, Dr. Tom, so used to doctors, Tom Luongo, Gold, Goats, and Guns, and he's going to give you his um, analysis of the Putin-China-Russian thing And if you're just watching the news, believe me, you'll be interested to hear what he has to say. And then on Wednesday, Fred Dyshevsky with The Real World of Money. And they're doing a lot of things to Mr. Putin, the central bank, taking him out of the SWIFT system. They don't want him to be able to sell his gold, so there's money. There's money moving. And we'll talk to Fred about that. And then also Richard Mayberry. Wow, we have a week of kind of... uh, you know, political intrigue other than Jennifer Daniels, but she's politically intriguing. And uh, uh, Richard Mayberry will be here on uh, Wednesday at 11.30 because the phones didn't work. So we got all that out of the way. We got a little house cleaning. And now we're going to introduce you to the one and only Dr. Jennifer Daniels, who's looking good, baby. How you doing? How are you? How are things? I am fine. Thank you. (laughs) Well, you look great. You look great. Well, I tell you what, whatever you're doing for your skin, you should just uh, sell it, manufacture it. You'd be a billionaire. <laughs> look, look at the skin on this chick, would you? I mean, come on. It's a 65-year-old skin. 65-year-old chick, and look at her skin. But, you know, you guys 65. don't play fair because you, you folks with black skin, you know, you have this little advantage because you don't crinkle like us white dudes do as much. True? Jennifer? Yeah. Jennifer? That's true, but there's a reason for that, and it's not genetic. <laughs> uh, oh, it's not, because you all eat the right kind of food, right? And you have for... That's part of it, but because our skin is brown, yeah, the slightest little dryness shows up as uh, cosmetic gray streaks. So, in other words, if, if, a, if a black person doesn't slather their skin with moisturizer and oil every day mm-hmm. their brown skin takes on a gray cast oh. it's very uh yes exactly and so because of this blacks moisturize your skin heavily every single day ah. every single day of their life if they skip a day they hear about it everyone says oh my gosh your skin is ashy oh <laughs> no kidding, really. No, and and you use. Yeah, cast- but if you're white, though, that same ashiness doesn't show up. 
you know, there's not the big contrast. Uh-huh. And so a white person could say, ah, I'm going to moisturize my skin once a week. And eh, when I get around to it, you don't have time right now or you know, whatever, right? It's not going to be a huge cosmetic issue. And you use castor oil. That's your fave, right? Castor oil is my favorite. And you slather it on every day. Slather it on. I pour it on. <laughs> That's great. And then I take it from my face and put it on the rest of my body. <laughs> I do it a couple times a week, but I think I'm going to start doing it every day. I mean, but... Yeah, a couple times a I week. Know, I don't know if the girls no. out there will stand if I get any cuter. You know, it'll be, you know, be hard. It'll be just hard on them. Okay, so what do you think? I mean, this COVID is gone. It just it just disappeared. It just disappeared in the United States. Poof. Was it ever there? No, of course not. But it just disappeared on the news, is what I'm saying. But say, so you have to. If you can disappear this quickly, you have to ask yourself, was it ever there? Yeah. And I think people have too big a tendency to just move on. No, 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 no. Mm-mm. Don't do that. Uh, instead, say, wait a minute. It's gone just that quickly. Therefore, it was never there. All of that stuff was just an illusion. So now you say, is this next thing called the Ukraine war another illusion? Could be. <laughs> in other words, let's just say there really is a war going on in the Ukraine. Let's we'll concede that. Are there wars going on in other places in the world that maybe we're not paying attention to? And why aren't we paying attention to those wars? And should we pay attention to those wars? So what's really going on is, is people are being continually distracted. And of course, we have to go check the conspiracy theorists to find out what might it be that we're being distracted from. I am not a conspiracy theorist, so I'll keep it simple. <laughs> what we're being distracted from is our ability to live our own lives. Good job, baby. I love you. That's great. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's the total distraction. That's all you're being distracted from. <laughs> so you're being distracted from your ability to teach yourself splits. You're being distracted from your ability to uh, take up uh, Taekwondo and martial arts. You're being distracted from your ability to mm-hmm. uh, make friends with the people next door and even more friends. And you're being distracted from your ability to have a wonderful life without the involvement of those who are distracting you. Yes, ma'am. I think you remember, they're distracted too because they're, they're off distracting you this is, a, this is a pretty big you know distraction it's a big one but if if you uh, if people refocus themselves on their lives and the power they have to compliment someone to share a kind word to do a favor to give a gift in my case of maybe homemade jam or something to my neighbors or to give i would give these little uh, cookies and cream kisses to the kids these are the things uh, that anybody can do in their life. It's extremely powerful in terms of the goodwill, the community it's, that is created, and the quality of your life. And if you stay glued to this little screen, you know, maybe your, your cell phone or something, mm-hmm. uh, then you miss all of that. Yeah, I agree. You're well said. No, you. I think you're spot on for what that's worth. What what. What was it in your life, um, parents or whatever, when you came around to this, which I think is a very eloquent and correct uh, um, thing, what you just said? How how is it that you came to this point in your life? Well, uh, 
I, I it came pretty pretty quickly. So first, uh, let's say from age three to age seven, uh, you know, there were like four attempts to kill me. And I realized that I had no control over those attempts. I had no control over uh, the outside world trying to kill me. So I said, okay, fine. I don't have control over that. Whoa. Then, um, wait a minute, wait a minute. You don't wait, I can't let you. I, no, no, you don't get to go. You don't get to skip over that part. <laughs> no, no. So when you were small, some people actually tried to kill you? Do you want to tell us the short story or the long story? I mean, just. The story was, uh, you know, my parents moved into an upscale neighborhood, mm-hmm. well, higher scale than when they were young. And so the neighbors just got together and um, just, you know, burned uh, torches and threw rocks and broke our windows. And, you know, their their feeling was if they could just get us out of this house and kill us and that would be a better neighborhood. Whoa. And that was an event that at the age of three, I just didn't have any control over, you know. Sure. And so I was like, ah, oh, mm. So finally, but so this, this or some variation of it happened. Um until I was seven. And then when I was 18, I escaped the lynching. That was exciting. So I said to myself, huh. The news didn't alert me to any of this. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, had I been watching the six o'clock news, I would not have had the early warning, like, to evacuate or take evasive action. So I have never, so I, I, I didn't find any useful information in the news. And then I watched the weather report. The weatherman was accurate only 20% of the time. So no more weather reports. Stop watching the weather report. Stop watching the news. That's, that I, got, I, I realized I had real problems in my life, and the weather report and the news was not going to help me solve it. Hmm. So then, uh, but somehow, uh, I guess around age 12-ish, uh, I got sucked back into the, uh, I call it the television. So I watched television for like three or four hours a day, but I found there wasn't any information there. As they say, there was no news I could use. And um, so I just turned the whole thing off and just started looking around myself and seeing and observing things and thinking about my experiences and thinking about, you know, what happened in my day-to-day life and what I could with my life. Hmm. Wow. But I was, from an early age, really confronted, like, in a very abrupt way with my lack of power over the external world. So I said, okay, forget it. I'm not going to exert any, I'm not even going to put any energy in that because it's, it's futile. I don't have any control over that. So then I decided that I would just work on myself. Wow. Very powerful. That's before I read any of this positive mental stuff yeah. literature. Yeah. <laughs> You know, that's so, I don't know, I can just go by, own, by my own childhood. I had a very happy childhood, but we just thought about baseball and girls and, you know. In between those events. But, I, but I'm just, what I'm saying is, I don't recall ever really thinking about stuff like that, like even looking at my life, you know, and saying, what am I doing? You know, I, do kids do that? I mean, is that, that seems unusual. I thought everybody did. Really? I thought everybody did. I don't think again, they did. when you're confronted with death on I a regular see. basis, then it gets you to think about life. I see. Yeah, yeah. It's like, okay, what's going on here, right? <laughs> there's people, there's dudes trying to kill me. Woo, that bullet just missed me. Ooh, that guy died. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> what, city, what city was this in during the attempt at whatever? 
What what city was that? Uh, let's see, Buffalo. Buffalo. Wow. Buffalo was the first uh, four attempts in my life and escaped the lynching in uh, Miamisburg. No, Dayton, Ohio. No, it was Miamisburg, Ohio, where I escaped the lynching. Wow. Miamisburg. People were actually going to hang you. People were going to hang you. Oh no no! They had a, they had a, a torches they'd lit on fire. And I think that, uh, I don't know what they were going to do. They had torches there lit in the fire. They had a, a, a crowd gathered there, two houses down. And um, the only thing that really saved my life, or saved me from bodily harm, was an old lady came running out of her house in her nightclothes, just like in the movies, you know, a <laughs> uh, nightgown and that uh thing on the cap on her head with right. the elastic that held it and she was like waving her arms yelling and screaming you got it <laughs> wow so i was like okay that's it i'm out of here <laughs> this does not look good <laughs> had you thought about going to medical school a long time before you did it oh yeah uh, it occurred to me around age 11 i said okay that's what i'm gonna do <clears throat> but i figured if i did something helpful for people, then they wouldn't lynch. They wouldn't lynch me and kill me. So they wouldn't want to kill me if I was actually being helpful to them in their lives. Right, right, right. Yeah. Did your parents? Uh, did you guys go to doctors back then? At all? Oh God, no. No. Oh, you have to remember that uh, segregation didn't end until supposedly. I guess I, yeah, supposedly well, on paper. Civil rights movement, right? Sixty. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So before that, uh, blacks did not go to the doctor because you knew the white doctor was just going to kill you anyway, so, uh, just because they didn't like you. That, but now, but see, that's an illusion. That's not true. What's true is they kill everybody. So <laughs> blacks felt, oh, they're killing me because I'm black. And the whites, well, he's killing me because I'm incompetent. No, he's just doing it because he's a doctor. They just, do. <laughs> they just be killing everybody, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's just legalized uh, killing. So. After civil rights, even though we did not uh, go to the doctor, hmm. my parents had good jobs, so they had health insurance. And so my father's specialty was profiting from insurance. And so back then, you could get two sets of health insurance. And then every time I went to the doctor, the doctor got paid, but you got paid. So you made more money than the doctor because you didn't have the overhead. <laughs> okay. This is your dad did that? Oh, yeah. He's a character he was a character really yeah. well what a great setup so then you were a doctor for new listeners how long before you decided this, this is not, i'm not going to practice this anymore how long was that but i count so i graduated from medical school in 1983 so officially i was an md uh-huh I didn't get licensed until 1984, uh, 80, 80, yeah, 84, 85. Yeah, 84. Hmm. 84? No, the way the laws work, it was 85. So I didn't get a license until 85. So I had a license uh, from 1985. But at that point, I went and worked in an underserved area to fulfill my National Health Service Corps obligation. So I don't really count that because what I really wanted to do was just returned to my itty bitty ghetto and practice medicine. So uh, the years I spent in my itty bitty ghetto practicing medicine was 10 years. I see. So I spent 11 years at least 
depending on how you count the years. Well, actually, 13 or 14 years preparing to do what I wanted to do, and 10 years to do it. Uh-huh. And then, then before we get to the questions that people are waiting for, because we got a lot, but we're is um, then why, <laughs> why Panama? So you must have looked around when you decided to blow this popsicle stand, United States. Why Panama? So I have to let you know what my thought process was. Yeah, interesting. My thought process was I got to get out of here. So since I wasn't into things like the news. Uh, my source of where to go was from people I knew. So some person's one person said, hey, go to Austria. So okay. Well, I took it to Austria, landed in Austria, walked around the streets for a while, talked to the people around day four, like, whoop, not Austria. <laughs> Got back in a plane, went back to the United States. Wow. Someone else said, hey, hey St. Lucia. And then a plane, went to St. Lucia. Did <laughs> so you really? That was the process. So I looked at uh, Austria, St. Lucia, Jamaica, Mexico, and Panama. And what made Panama win the... Uh, the contest, so to speak, was the people were friendly, the currency was a dollar, the cars drove on the right side of the road so I could, you know, navigate traffic and cross the street without miscalculations. <laughs> without killing yourself. <laughs> uh, the cost of living was low, and, the, and really what did it was the cost of living was low, and the people were just incredibly kind and nice and happy and upbeat. Yeah, yeah. Uh, did you get was Mexico a close contender or no 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 yeah a lot of people are going there now I mean um, well uh, for me Mexico wasn't uh, at the time I didn't feel the level of calmness and peace that I felt in Panama yeah yeah I'm sure that's true yeah they still got their drug issues down there. I'm not saying it wasn't there. I'm just saying I didn't. I didn't feel it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, and you've been in Panama for how long now? Fourteen years. Wow, is that right? <laughs> that's, that's great. See, catorce años. And and you can pretty much get what you want. You can get your pig's feet and your and your your liver and raw milk. Now you're getting so. Pretty good, right? You get what you want? Right. So I check with the locals, and they go get it and deliver it, and, you know. Okay, so this is the first email before the break, and then we'll take all the calls. But you need to answer this now, if you want. What's she doing drinking raw milk? She says the dairy is no good for you. This is an email. Homogenized, pasteurized dairy is no good for you. There you go. Okay, that's the big difference. <laughs> raw milk is neither pasteurized nor homogenized. That's However... Uh, there is a downside to all milk. So what I have found with uh, milk is if you're going to eat milk, you're better off eating raw milk. But raw milk, definitely, uh, you know, you have to handle it with respect and care. I am personally, I should say I was, allergic to milk. So if I uh, drank milk, my sinuses would stuff up. Mm-hmm. I would get a stomach ache, and uh, it would blow. It was just going to be a terrible day. It was just a terrible day. Yeah. Just so I stopped eating, drinking milk when I was about, mm, I want to say, uh, seven or eight years old. Oh. I stopped drinking wow. milk, and uh, that I didn't stop eating cheese. Though, so I had incredible congestion and sinus stuff uh, all the way until I became vegan and stopped all dairy and then the sinuses and uh, stuff cleared up but 
what has happened recently, I would say about mm, maybe uh, eight months ago, uh, I was doing some studying and some researching and uh, found, discovered raw milk fasting. Oh, that's interesting. So I managed to get rid of my sinus troubles and I also had developed while I was vegan a little bit of wheezing, believe it or not. And so I got rid, so my um, issue was it seemed like I was just all about to wheeze, didn't wheeze, just about to, just about to. My sciences were clear, but, and I had a neti pot, I figured out how to use a neti pot, all that stuff. So then uh, I discovered this whole raw milk thing. I said, I'm going to try this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so basically you drink a gallon or two of raw milk in a day and really nothing else except water. Wow. Right. So what happened, though, was it flushed out all the phlegm and slime in my intestines and my lungs and my sinuses. Isn't that interesting? And it cleared it all out, <laughs> and my milk allergy went away. Isn't that interesting? Fascinating. Right. So now I no longer have a milk allergy from drinking raw milk. <laughs> for, it was only four days. Uh, now, for me, the first day was pretty rocky. Uh, I had about 24 bowel movements. Uh, my stomach was tied up in knots, and I really thought I made a pretty bad decision. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, when you're cleansing, it feels like it, right? Well, I never had that rough uh, period. I mean, 24 babblements a day, that's pretty steep. That's a lot, yeah. So, <laughs> uh... <laughs> Where's Jennifer? Well, I know where she is. <laughs> yeah, I just literally, I just sat on the toilet. I was like, you know, it's not going to be long here. I know it's going to have to come back anyway. Like, <laughs> whoa. So, what I've done then is I've done a, a milk fast about every, I don't know, three months or so yes ma'am oh and just do the two yeah. or three or four days of just milk right huh right interesting and it kind of cleans out and tunes up the lymphatic system because of the saturated fat and cholesterol content of milk it goes in with all these uh new saturated fat and uh cholesterol and it flushes out all the old cells in the immune system, and your body creates new cells. Interesting. And so it's like a, a reset for your immune system. It's very nice. And so that just now, like, Dr. Daniel, shouldn't I just drink raw milk every day? No. So you don't think every? <laughs> so you're doing it like two or three days every every three months or so, something like that, right? Correct. Huh. Correct. Correct. Now. You have the raw milk crowd that believes raw milk, raw milk, and they eat it every day. The problem with that is the raw milk comes with a lot of organisms. Depending on your political or ideological inclination, you might think, oh, these are all good bacteria. That's nice. Okay, I get it. But one thing I noticed in my medical practice is all of my patients who had a high milk diet, raw or not, had low-grade fevers. And so their kids were afflicted with basically low-grade fevers. Mm -hmm. And the problem with these raw milk people, and usually they're you know young people with kids, is they believe in the medical system enough to take a feverish child to the doctor. Right. Probably not a good idea. Not a problem. And then the kid gets diagnosed with who knows what. They find out the parents were giving them raw milk, and they send the, they take custody of the kid or you know it, it, disaster ensues 
So I would say raw milk as a steady diet is probably a bad idea. Uh, but to do it as a, a cleanse periodically is, is, is very nice. The other problem, though, I suspect, I'm just uh, suspecting, mm-hmm. is that these people who drink raw milk every single day, especially people who are white, because they have a high tolerance to milk, it doesn't give them a problem. But if I drink milk, I pretty much have diarrhea. But if you're a person who drinks milk and you don't get diarrhea, then these uh, microorganisms that can cause fever, especially in kids, accumulate. So because they don't have that same intestinal reaction to the milk, these uh, bacteria are not dumped. If you were doing raw milk, some people heat it up to 165 and kind of pasteurize it. You could do that. You lose the enzymes, but but you still get all the good stuff. Well, uh, see, people don't understand what pasteurization is. Pasteurization means all you do is, is raise the temperature briefly to slow the growth of the organism. You're not killing them. Oh, you That's don't not kill. what's happening. You don't kill them ever? No. No. So once they get into your system at 98.6, then they get comfortable, they start reproducing. So are you saying that you believe that organic, super ultra-pasteurized milk at the HEB or Safeway still has organisms even though they do all that to it? The problem with the ultra-pasteurization is it changes and denatures the of protein. Of course, yeah, we know that, yeah, but yeah. yes, sir. yes, ma'am. I, I, so I'm saying they're telling you it's helping the microorganisms, which is not, but it's harming you on the other end with the proteins, is yeah. all I'm telling It'll you. It'll screw up your so arteries, the right? The fact of fact pasteurization, they're not explaining to you exactly you know, what's going right. on. So what I'm saying is that ultra-pasteurized milk is probably not a health food. Yeah. But I but think there's... A pile of your white sugar, eat it if you want to, but realize it's your pleasure, not your health I think it's pretty good evidence that the pasteurized milk messes up things in your proteins and your arteries and all kinds of harmful things, right? Right. Pretty, pretty. Yeah. Okay, girl. Well, we've got your story. You should just write a book, you know, and just do the whole thing. We're going <laughs> to do, do a commercial here. You stay right there, and we'll get to all your emails. One of the very first things I do in the morning is come sit at my meditation chair and that's when I take my dual extracted mushrooms from Surthrival, the chaga and the reishi. Both of these mushrooms are immunomodulators. If you had too strong of an immune system like autoimmunity, it'll help to downregulate and calm the immune system. If you have too weak of an immune system like an immunodeficiency, they help to upregulate or strengthen your immune system. So whatever you're dealing with, they help to bring your immune system to balance. In addition to being immunomodulators and adaptogens, Chaga is probably best known for its extremely high ORAC value or antioxidant content. It scavenges the body of free radicals. And Reishi has a long history being used in conjunction with meditation and for reaching higher states of consciousness. And that's why I like to take these right before my meditation. There's a lot of medicinal mushroom supplements on the market to choose from, but most are made with cheaply produced mushrooms grown on grain and either ground up and put in capsules or extracted in non-organic alcohol. So Thrival does it differently. We use wild harvested chaga and organic certified wood-grown reishi fruit bodies, not the mycelial extract. And then we use an organic alcohol and a hot water extraction method and then recombine so you get the full benefits of these extremely high quality mushrooms. 
very, very, very nice product. I, I think you'll, I think you'll enjoy it uh, totally. Um, and we have it on sale. If I can find the the tab, I get so many tabs open, and I don't know what I'm doing because I don't know what I'm doing when I don't have tabs open. What can I tell you? Oh, here it is. Oh, I think we have a few more days of this guy. Here's a 15% sale on Shaga and Rishi. These are medicinal uh, mushrooms that are also, como se dice, they are adaptogens. Uh, they work, as Daniel said, with the immune system, up or down, and they're also tonic, so you can take them every day and you won't die early. You'll actually live longer, probably. Shaga and Rishi, 15% off is 4 to 5, 15 would be the promo code. Picture you see on the screen right now is a really fun product. It is milk thistle that is created by Andreas Seed Oils, and it's milk thistle oil. Have you ever heard of such a thing? Well, Andreas is a uh, former German gold medal winner uh, in the Olympics, and the Russian, uh, the Germans really kind of beat him up with uh, steroids and God knows what, too, so he would win more medals, and you know how that goes, and almost killed him. He barely made it out of the hospital after his stint there was over, and uh, he came across some fresh-pressed flax oil that his neighbor made for him, and that's all he did for about uh, three or four weeks, and he just came around. Now, we don't recommend flax seed oil like every day. We think it's got a little bit too much omega-3s, but it can be used for healing, but I wouldn't do that every day, but it's just my opinion. I don't think you need all those omega-3s. But anyway, but this one here, can you imagine, you know how small milk thistle seeds are? And he has managed to squash these milk thistle seeds that are super small with virtually no um, um, like friction or temperature, which is pretty much impossible. But he does it. He's a German. You know, these Germans are. They make BMWs and cars like that. And uh, it's an incredibly pristine oil. It's in myron glass, so it's got a good shelf life. But you can uh, do this for Mr. Liver. And I suspect he and she or he is going to be really happy. Uh, I love it. It tastes great. And you can just uh, probably do this once a month for two or three or four days, a little cleanse or every three months with your raw milk or whatever you want to do. Just play with it and see how it works and just see if Mr. Liver gets happier. And you can tell. You can tell. If you've got little uh, dark spots on your back of your hand, which I used to have. I don't any longer. I've got two. Uh, they're called liver spots or age spots. You get Mr. Liver happy and they just go away. Now, Dr. Jennifer Daniels, she doesn't have those because you can't see them. I do. <laughs> Broadcasting from the beautiful <laughs> Hill Country in Texas, this is one radionetwork.com. See, we would never know if you have those age spots. You know, I mean, come on, you just wouldn't see them. Dr. Daniels, hello. Are you back? Where'd you go? Did you, did you go somewhere? No, okay. I'm here. Okay. All right. We have lots of emails. Are you ready to go, baby? Yep. Okay. Okay. That's so funny. I've got another email. What is she doing drinking milk? She says, Nary is no good for See, they listen to you. Be careful what you say. Yeah. <laughs> no. 
No, no, no. I am evolving. I am not setting concrete. <laughs> I know. I, I, I agree with you. The only thing sub consistent is change, baby. Um, <clears throat> where is the first one? I had it up here. Ah, okay. Mike wants to know, can you ask Dr. Daniels why the ginger tea eye wash works? Why does it work? Honestly, no clue. That's a short answer. <laughs> That's all right. Well, go, go ahead and give them the... long answer. Yeah. <laughs> the long answer to ginger is very cleansing, and it cleanses the impurities out of the, out of the cells. Mm -hmm. And we have not... We've been misled by modern medicine. Turns out the same thing that causes floaters, causes glaucoma, and causes cataracts. It's the same thing. It's just the impurities in the eye. And so, uh, ginger addresses that. It also accelerates the uh, circulation of blood to the eyeballs. Ah, which is good. Can you give us a formula? Yes. 15 slices of ginger. doesn't matter how fat you slice them. 15, okay. Up and a half of water. Okay. Distilled is better. Simmer it 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. Strain it. Take a teaspoon or less, add it to one cup of water, use this final mix that you've made, put it in eye cups, put it over your eyes, blink, blink, go in circles, blink, blink, circles, and do that to use up the full cup that you've mixed. Um, and you can do that, you can space it out throughout the day if you want to. And it'll, it'll look like someone has taken a cloth and wiped off your windshield. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I'm going to try that. Now, yeah. you, so I guess, do you, when you mix it with the one cup of water, uh, Jennifer, do, do you keep that in the fridge and then keep the other in the fridge as well? You keep the other in the fridge. The one cup you just mixed up, you're using today, so you don't need to refrigerate it. The whole cup you're going to use. Wow. Okay. That's yeah. I, I live in the tropics, so the coolness is very refreshing mm -hmm. for my eyeballs. Mm-hmm. So I put it in the refrigerator just, well, first of all, I would use cold water to add it to uh, because the coolness of the eyewash is very refreshing. But if you're in a climate that's already pretty cool, then, you know, use room temperature water. Indeed. Trying to get your things straight here. Excellent. Good job. Okay. Would you, oh, question for Dr. Daniels. This is an interesting one from... Yeah. Brother man, brother man, would you please ask Dr. Daniels to explain how the one who stirs the pot rules the world, also how the status and role of mothers has changed. And this fellow is in... All right, so, so we've got a milk, a milk delivery. Okay, milk delivery, good. Go ahead. I can chat yeah. it up here. Get it. Milk delivery. We are reading, uh, and uh, our sources uh, tell us, if we want to wax uh, politically for a minute, that nothing that you are seeing on the news and most mainstream New York Times, Washington Post, I mean almost all mainstream news is just made up about this, um, this Ukraine thing. According to our sources that we trust, uh, Putin is encircling all the different cities, 
They're not destroying anything. They don't want to kill all the people. They want. To, they don't want to destroy the city. They want to um, reestablish a new government that the United States and uh, Klaus Schwab put in um, ten years ago. That are commie pinkos and uh, not treat their people well. Will not even let them speak their mother language, Russian. So uh, Putin is, in our opinion, is liberating Ukraine. He's not trying to take it over. He he doesn't. He's not looking for the land. He's not trying to kill the people. They're being very as careful as they can. Sure, people are being killed. The mainstream media will show you all the the stuff that you know that that went wrong. War is not a good thing. So people get hurt, and this is what they're doing. They're encircling the different cities, and they're just wanting the people um, to um, uh, to change. You know, they're going to change out the government. They're going to get rid of Zelensky, that uh, uh, Victoria Newland on record. You go to YouTube, hear the video. YouTube um, in 2014 under Obama, Victoria Newland put in Zelensky. This is not a democratic control. This is not a democracy, a sovereign country. This is, and so what they what they've done is, in my understanding, that they've over the last ten years, well, since 2014, NATO. And everybody keep scrunching in on Putin, and they have 250 miles of border with Ukraine, and Putin doesn't like it. He doesn't want these people on his border. He doesn't want these people being controlled by uh, Davos, Klaus Schwab, and the globalists and NATO on his borders, and that's what he's doing. And he's taking care of his people, and he's not trying to take over Ukraine. Now, what Ukrainians are doing, they're trying to um, enlist uh, forcibly all the people between 18 and 60 into the army and give them a gun and they're not trained because they want them to get killed because it's going to show up on the news and see Putin's a killer. So th- this is our opinion about what is going on and uh, just um, stay tuned to One Radio Network. I think we're going to get the best information. On our Facebook page, we put a great link and also on our front page, we put a a a video from uh, uh, an American who's right in Kiev. Kiev, it's really Kiev, um, um, and uh, he's this. What this is what's going on? If you read the good people, they know what's going on. Um, all the news, virtually every mainstream news pe- people, including Epic Times and all these faux alternative medias, are just uh, they're just lying. Yeah, they just are. Um, what do you, what can I say? They're lying. So this was a planned event. This is what the the Davos crowd wanted Biden to do. They kept uh, cutting off things with Putin and money, and now they've taken him out of the SWIFT system. So they don't care. They just want him to um, look like he's the bad guys. And if NATO really gets involved, and you know this could get really ugly. But uh, so it'll just be up to the Davos people who control Biden to decide what they're going to do from here on in. But it's not he's not this evil guy taking over the country, blah, blah, blah. It's just not the way it is, in my opinion. And, um, you know, if you see something different and prove it, love to hear from you. Patrick at OneRadioNetwork.com. Over the weekend, they took uh, Putin out of the SWIFT system, which is the, the system that you need to be in to transfer money in and out of the uh, Central Bank of Russia, They've locked down a lot of the central bank's money, trying to understand how they can do that. 
Evidently, Russia's central bank is private as well. If it's run by the country, they couldn't do it. So we'll talk to Tom Luongo about that tomorrow and also Fred Dashevsky. I think the real wild card here is Russia, is China. And if China is supports Putin, well, then, you know, he's going to be able to pull this off. And the Davos boys, I don't think, are going to go to war with Russia and China. They could and do the whole World War Three thing. But, you know, I don't know. I don't. It doesn't feel like that's our karma, but it could. So batten the hatches. Don't believe what you see on any of the news. Virtually every website, it's it's just all made up. Uh, there's an old Sun Tzu um, uh, thing that says uh, the first casualty of war is the truth. Actually, that was Achilles in uh, BC 410. First casualty of war is truth. And look who's back in her short shorts. We Hold talk on. about your health, <laughs> wealth, and well-being on OneRadioNetwork.com. How's your uh, raw milk delivery? Wonderful. I got three gallons. For me, that's enough for at least four days because I can only use the up down about maybe three quarts a day. Wow. So you're going to do the how many? Three gallons in four days? Right. Wow. And you're just going to drink it cold. You won't won't heat it up or anything, correct? Oh, God, no. (laughs) Okay. It's already hot enough outside. (laughs) Well, that's great. If a person drank hot beverage here, they would just literally... I don't even know how people can drink coffee, but they do. Yeah, I'm off of it myself. I'm going to get a gallon of raw milk tomorrow at the farmer's or Wednesday. I might try that. Just A gallon wouldn't, wouldn't be enough, though, would it? can do it right so just adding raw milk to your diet no i've been I'm doing that ongoing no I, I was no, I'm just saying i've not been able to find any health benefit to drinking raw milk really? as a daily part of your diet i've not been able to find oh, any health benefit i like it i do but good the with raw it. milk fast no no i'm not saying people shouldn't do it oh, i'm just saying you health been intervention, able... i haven't found right. any benefit to it so uh I think if you want to do it, fine. But uh, the health benefit I have found is to the actual raw milk fest. So. Well, I might try that sometimes. We like to try crazy things, you know? Why not? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And who who doesn't like, want to poop 24 times a day? I mean, come on. Oh, okay. It's important to know. So that's the first time I did it. So, I see. Uh-huh. Um, subsequent times, it was not nearly that bad. Uh-huh. I did get a little bit of abdominal discomfort. And, um, but the abdominal discomfort was relieved, believe it or not, by eating some cooked vegetables. Huh. And um, it was much easier. Mm-hmm. So the, the fast had been much easier, unlike water fast, which become more and more difficult. Yeah. <laughs> I like this question. Oh, you know, you didn't, we didn't get to this. This is the question when the raw milk came from, right. from yeah. Lawrence and Maui. I'll repeat it. Would you please explain, Maui? The also, woman who stirs the pot. Yeah, yes. whoever stirs the pot rules the world. Also, how has right. the status and the role of mothers changed? Did he listen to the recording? I don't know. I mean, he uh, just he just sent this in this morning. <laughs> we have to listen to the recording. <laughs> oh, and once you listen to the recording, you're like, whoa! I can see how whoever stirs the pot rules the world, man. This is amazing. So. Uh, listen to the recording, go to vitalitycycles.com and has all the old recordings there. So the hand that stirs the pot rules the world. 
And what this means is that literally you can control the health, the behavior, disposition of your household by what you put in that pot. Very powerful. So you can use that pot to heal people in your house. You can use that pot to change the whole mood of your house. You can use that pot to, uh, you know, make people strong enough where they can repair and fix the home, where they can go to work. You can use that pot to create uh, determination, courage, fear, strength, weakness, uh, really whatever. Yeah. And the role of women, how has it changed? Uh, it has changed in that women have become ignorant of their power and not exercised it. And that's really the problem. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like I talk about domestic violence, my eyes roll. I used to, you know, be really like, oh, my gosh, isn't that terrible? <laughs> but then uh, when I got into medical practice, these ladies would tell me that they had these um, aggressive, difficult husbands. Maybe they didn't hit them, but it's pretty close to that. And I would say, well, what are you feeding this guy? <laughs> Spaghetti. <laughs> Spaghetti. Biscotti, man. Biscotti. Like, no wonder he's angry at you. You're, you're, you're lucky he hasn't, he hasn't beat you. <laughs> Killed you yet? So I said, "Look here, put this in the pot, see how it goes." And so we just changed what she puts in the pot. She's like, oh, "He is amazing." I said, "Clean something wrong with that guy." He's doing so good. <laughs> yeah. So go to the website vitalitycycles.com. Old replays. The hand that stirs the pot rules the home, rules the world. Excellent. So it rules the home. Mm-hmm. This is Leroy. He is in Cincinnati, Ohio. Oh, what a great town. Um, what is the purpose of eating rice when you have the liver and onions? Love the show. Yeah, you had mentioned that. Why is that? Why do you say do the rice with critical, the Critical, 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 critical. Because the liver, when you eat the liver, it increases the activity of the brain. The brain needs carbs. Okay, I got you. All right. The liver doesn't have the stuff to keep the brain going. It just increases the activity. There's no carbs in the liver. Right. It's like it's like the liver, let's say you have a car. Yeah. The liver will repair the engine, it'll repair the, 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 the but there's no gas. Mm-hmm. It doesn't provide any gas. So if you think of the car as the brain and you eating liver is going to repair the engine, now you've got to put gas in the engine, which is the carbs. Yeah. At your suggestion, Jen, I've been doing about four ounces of liver every week with onions and the rice. I really like it. I mean, I can feel, you know, yeah, so you can feel it. You can feel it, man. It's like, whoa, this was exactly. good. <laughs> and the whole time I'm eating it, the whole time I'm eating it, my golden doodle is lying right here with me. She's sitting there like this, right, going, any for me, Dan? I get a piece, please. So I give her some raw liver when I do it, you know, at night. Yeah, it's great. I, I, I don't know. Once a week's fine, right? I mean, I like it. it it's not going to hurt me, right? Exactly. Once a week and. So back in the old days, we're talking about 50s and 60s, any good housewife or good mother fed her family liver at least once a month, whether they liked it or not. I can't believe you say that because (laughs) my mom did that. She was Italian, seven kids in the 50s, and we had liver once a month with onions, and we didn't like it, and we had to eat it. How did people know that 50 years ago? How did she know that? She was Italian for goodness. No, no. No, you don't understand. It was her mother told her this. Right. And when they instituted 
um, compulsory schooling and they broke that chain of information, uh-huh. we now have two generations of people who don't know. Yeah. Say a peanut butter and jelly for school, right? <laughs> don't get me started. All right. Um, two questions. All right. I understand that parasites can sometimes avoid the effects of turpentine by hiding behind fats and oils that people consume in their diet. How much do eating... Not true. Okay. How much do eating fats uh, decrease the effectiveness of turpentine? They don't. Okay. We have to sort the question. <laughs> it's just a false so question. Turpentine is, so the way your body handles parasites is it literally takes the fat and connective tissue and wraps the parasites up in them and wraps them up. New parasites show up, it just wraps another layer around the ball. And that's where we get our lipomas and other lumps. And after a while, the doctors will tell you that lump is cancer. But this is the way the body works. So what's really nice about turpentine is turpentine just kind of gently peels off the outer layer and those ter- those parasites are released, but not so much that it overruns your immune system. Mm-hmm. So just gently releases a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, at the same rate that your body is able to cleanse. And that's why it's important to poop three times a day while you're taking the turpentine. Gotcha. Because then the rate at which the little creepies are released, your body is getting rid of them at that rate or faster. Now. The other thing turpentine does is it gets little creepies once they are liberated. They're like, oof, turpentine, oh, and they want to leave the body, and so they just make a mad dash, uh, a mad dash to get out. So the fats are doing what they're supposed to do. The fats are not the problem. No. Okay. Interesting. You know, my doggy has a little couple little pomas, not very, just a few little baby, small ones. So that's fat wrapped around some kind of a parasite. Correct, correct. How could I get, I wonder what I could do to help her get rid of those little parasites. Well, if you know where the lipomas are, you can touch them is what you're telling me. Just put turpentine topically right there. Oh, right on them. And make sure your dog is pooping. Oh, yeah, she yeah. poops. Just, so just put a little bit right on the right on the lipomas. Exactly. Cool. Thanks. It's so great to talk to a doctor. You know, it's just so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> okay. How can I find refined white sugar without GMOs? to take with turpentine, just organic. You want cane sugar, not beet sugar. The beet sugar is genetically modified, the cane sugar is not. Super simple. Super simple. Question for Dr. Daniels. Last visit she mentioned she started using ivermectin. Would you ask her for what purpose and benefits she uses it? Also, what amount and dosage? She also mentioned she replaces some of the turpentine sessions with ivermectin. I remember that. This is Jack in... Alto Boquet Kirikui. I don't know where that is, but somewhere. Somewhere. <laughs> Hi, Jack. Alto Boquet Cherokee. Is that what? It, where is that? Where is that? It's in Panama. Oh, it's Panama in Panama. Somewhere. Oh, well, see. Okay. Okay, this person is being super lazy, and they're in danger of damaging their health. So they should either get ivermectin, leave it alone, or read the package insert. So it's a dose weight related so my dose is not going to be the correct dose for you or someone else okay so it's very important dose is weight related that's number one number two you need to read the package answer read the package answer and it will tell you what the official uh known benefits are i will tell you straight up and this is going to be like really controversial but whatever no, wait, wait, wait. okay you've never been controversial before yeah i know life start now life start now <laughs> 
So pretty much all of the common sexually transmitted diseases are wiped out by ivermectin. If you take it once a month, that's it. You have perpetual protection. <laughs> oh, now we're getting to the good stuff. That's okay. a very good plus, depending on you know what stage of life you're in. Now, the other thing, though, just my personal experience with ivermectin, so why I, I, I uh, even try it or look into it? So I went to medical school. In medical school, they have a list of things, a long list of things that were deadly, don't ever do it, don't ever have, don't you do it, don't your patients do it, never, never, never. And so in the 90s, when I was practicing medicine, the results of the medicine they told me to use was so terrible. I said, let me look at that list of forbidden stuff. <laughs> Top of the list was being vegetarian. Let me try that. It worked out great. I said, oh, let me try something else on the list, enemas. Worked out great. So when they said ivermectin, it was like, don't do it. I'm like, oh, wait, let me look a little deeper here. <laughs> so I read the package insert. You've got to read the package insert at least three times because it's too good to be true. So the usual dosage for ivermectin is once a year. Once a year? Once a year. Exactly. Once a year. What? That's the dosing. So once a year dosing of ivermectin cures and prevents liver, um, I'm sorry, river blindness. Oh. Can you imagine a drug that reverses blindness taken once a year? <laughs> it's like, I can't believe this. <laughs> so, of course, I read the package insert, and I read it again, and I read it again. I'm like, isn't there a daily dose? No, there's not a daily dose. Because you're going to poison yourself and kill yourself if you take it every day. And I'm like, isn't there a weekly dose? No, there's not a weekly dose. Because if you take it every week, you will poison yourself and you will kill yourself. Why? Because the half-life of the drug is so long wow. that it's not safe to take any more frequently than every two weeks. But again, you have to read the package insert. Because if you listen to all the propaganda and what people are telling you, oh, alternative doctor so-and-so, he takes ivermectin every week and twice a week. He was doing fine until after three weeks. He got really sick from the ivermectin. Uh, did he read the package insert? <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. So, read the package insert. Okay, fine. So now we've got this drug. The dose is once a year. If, if you read the package insert, like read it three times, all the fine print. It's, it's a very short package insert, by the way. You can handle it. I, I encourage everyone, please do this. Uh, what you find is the half life of the metabolites of ivermectin is three days. Oh. If you went to medical school, you would know. That the safe dose of any drug is five times the half-life. So we, let's do the math. Five times three is what? 15. Fifteen. So the safe dosing interval for ivermectin is every 15 days or more, right? And so we've got, if you listen to the propaganda machine, you've got all these alternative doctors and we can trust them. Oh, yeah, right. Oh, ah. <laughs> and they're taking it every week. And they're taking it twice a week. Uh, you know, I don't know what to say. I'm not going to call any names, but you've, you've got to take responsibility and please read the package insert. Okay, fine. So we figure out every two weeks, uh, well, 15 days. If you take it any closer than 15 days, over time, it's going to accumulate and you're going to kill yourself from the ivermectin. All right, we got that. Well, then, on the other end, it's once a year. But, you know, westernized people, we're used to three-time-a-day medicine once a year. I don't know if I can really get with that. So then you read the package insert, 
really, really close and says, if you're immunocompromised, your immune system is shot to hell, then you can take it once a month. Like, okay, I can take anything once a month. I'm good. <laughs> so I take it once a month. So what happened when I took it once a month? I don't know. You tell me. You'll notice. Yeah. If you'll notice, every now and then you'll see the back of my hand. It's a smile that I've had since I was, I don't know, 20-something. It's actually shrinking and getting smaller and going away. What is it? Um, what is it? Who cares? It's a mole. It's it's, just, it's oh, a mole. I see. Just a mole. And it's going away? Yeah, it's going away. Uh, and then uh, I had this other lump on my back that I've had since I was 26. It's gone. Hmm. Well, it's gone. But it was a fit. It was just shrinking and right. going away. So uh, my hair, you notice it's turning gray. It's turning gray. A little bit. It started growing in black in areas. Really? That's yeah. Pretty, that's, so, that's cool. you know, does ivermectin cure COVID? I really don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be taking me some. So, irrelevant. So, irrelevant. I've never seen Does it come in little tablets and you can just dose it out easy for your weight? That's how it works? I've got every kind of ivermectin here you can think of. It's not within arm's reach. That's all right. I could go get it and, and show it to you. But anyway, they have the cream, which is in a tube. You give it to the horses. All right. That ivermectin is combined with Prezanquel, which is another anti-worm uh, medicine. <coughs> Calculating how much to take, the doses, and blah, 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 can be complicated. They do help you by the plunger. It's calibrated by the weight of the horse. Uh, the top weight is 600 kilograms. So basically, you figure out your weight in kilograms, and you squeeze it that much, and that's your dose, which is pretty small. It's like, I don't know, two or three drops for a, a 50, 70 kilogram adult. My preferred way to take it is the pills. Mm -hmm. The pills are extremely itty-bitty white pills. Mine are three milligrams, but it comes in one milligram, three milligrams, six milligrams, all the way up to 320 milligrams for horses. So uh, you take the dose appropriate for your weight once a month. That would be gotcha. why I take it. Now, I was feeling so well with the uh, ivermectin. I said, well, skip the turpentine. Why take turpentine daily, right? Waste of time. <laughs> so I stopped my turpentine. And what happened? My joints started getting creaky and stiff really? and my um, splits and taekwondo got more difficult. I said, okay, 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 okay. So now I'm going back on my turpentine. So I realized that the turpentine and the ivermectin do different things. Gotcha. So on the the little pills that you take, do they have that right. second ingredient like the, the cream stuff? No. So it doesn't matter? No. Just, it's just ivermectin. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Well, the ivermectin is what I'm after. Okay, you don't care about that second thing. No. Well, to be very honest with you, I have not gotten a package insert on that second thing and investigated fully. So, again, I encourage everyone else to be just as responsible. If you're not going to read the package insert, you shouldn't take it. You shouldn't take it. 75-year-old. It's like turpentine. Yep. Oh, wait a minute. I've written a 32-page report on turpentine. The Candida Cleaner Report. report yes. You should not take turpentine. <laughs> but you know. Know what's in your sausage. <laughs> That's so funny because uh, you still have that available, right, on your website, which is? Yeah, vitalitycycles.com. It's the Candida Cleaner Report. It is free. There is no reason not to read it. 
I'm going to have to change your little title here. It's Vitality Cycles, not Vitality Capsules. I'll have to do that during the commercial. Correct, Vitality Cycles. Vitality cap- Cycles. So, but you know the guys don't read directions, so you got to read the directions, though, before you do the turpentine, right? Or get married, have your wife read yeah, it, have, whatever. Are you still doing, do you still <laughs> doing a teaspoon a day or, or not? I do a half teaspoon. Um, I'm, uh, I would say I've done the last couple of days. But trying to do it at least twice a week, but I'm probably going to move closer to you know at least three or four times a week because the effect on my joints is just amazing, and I can just do so much more stuff. Yeah, yeah. I've been doing it with castor oil. I like that more than the sugar for some reason. Just you know, just a preference. Yeah, I think you have to do what kind of what you prefer. But again, read the report and decide what's best for you. We have a 75-year-old man that has been diagnosed with something that I can't pronounce. So here we go. M-Y-E-L-O-D-Y-S-P plastic syndrome. Got it? Yes. Caused by blood cells that are poorly formed and don't work. Uh, Mayo Clinic has stated. Are they white cells or red cells? We don't know. They don't know. Mayo Clinic has stated that there really isn't any treatment for this condition. By the way, prior to diagnosis, I had taken two. Oh, I had taken two death jabs. Oh, okay. So he called them death jabs. I didn't call them. What do you think? Any ideas? I think that adults make adult decisions with adult consequences. Ooh. And so the decision to take uh, death jabs, you know, it's an adult decision. And you're 75. You know, you've made this far in life. You're entitled to make any decision you want. So, but let's get back to the topic, which is what to do about this diagnosis for which there's no treatment. Number one, you can ignore it. Number two, you can understand what this thing is. So any Milo, that means bone marrow, this plastic, no plastic, unplastic, whatever, that means the bone marrow is not making things correctly. Let's just put it that way. So, you know, I say go buy some some beef bone marrow, roast them up. Mm. slathered on some white bread, toasted white bread. That's, <laughs> I can't tell you, that's the recipe, all right? <laughs> and don't tell me why. It wasn't there hundreds of years ago when it was created. Uh, you know, flavor with a little bit of garlic and uh, salt. I would put that in as it's roasting in the oven. It only takes like 15 minutes. That's what they say. When I cooked it, it took me half an hour, but whatever. But it's called the butter of the gods, bone marrow. Wow. So I would eat that. It's seriously dense food, so maybe you want to have some uh, vegetables with it. But I would have that maybe uh, once or twice a week, uh, and I would have maybe liver once a week, and every day make sure you have a raw salad or some vegetables. That should take care of it. But uh, stop going to the doctor. Just stop it. Stop taking those jabs. Don't You're do 75. <laughs> Don't You're do ahead that. of the curve. <laughs> This is an email from Justin. My seven-year-old daughter crashed on the floor and her top front adult tooth came out. That's what seven-year-olds do. They crash all the time. So, so far, normal. Let's keep going. A doctor pushed the tooth back in, but the root was broken, waiting to see now if the root can join back to the tooth. It's not going to do that. I don't think. It might be. So far, it hasn't. The question is, are these her, her old teeth? Which teeth are these that we that we have lost here? Is this her new teeth or her baby teeth? These are adult toothies, front one, and boom. Any thoughts on an ideal 
healing would be appreciated. Lots of cow food soup. Yeah, so they're trying to. I don't. I. I they're trying to put. I, I, I get it. I get, get it. it. I get it. You get chill, it. chill. Work on the ballet classes. Ignore it. Then once you get to about uh, thirteen or fourteen, see what you got and work with that. Yeah, I agree. So she might need maybe braces around age thirteen, or uh, you might want to cap it or whatever. But as long as you're giving her a cow foot soup, you should be able to save the root very nicely, and then just see what happens. Uh, yeah later on what she needs i think that's good advice once you once she gets old enough her teeth will be in a situation where you could put a crown on it they could just crown it right but I- right but again you know focus on her ballet skills maybe piano skills <laughs> <laughs> so that when you fix her smile and it becomes perfect she's got a perfect life to go with it <laughs> there we go let's go phone good morning uh, 